tell you what I'm not used to saying still. King instead of queen. Yeah. King's birthday. It's a while. It feels like a like a new public holiday in a way, doesn't it? I'm not really yeah. I'm not okay with this. Yeah, it does. Like do we still get a Queen's Queen's birthday? No. Or just is it just Kings only? And the issue is we're gonna have to start getting used to saying the word King because after King Charles it will be King William and then it will be King George. George? Is George? that the first of his yeah. children? King yeah. George, yeah. Yeah. So Imogen needs to just lean in, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, this is not about them. This is about Charles, because it's his special day. The day that he's been waiting a long, 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 long time for. And Camilla. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's Coronation Day, and uh, if you have no idea what's going on, well, we are here to help. Kia ora, this is Newsville, I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen, and this is What's Worth Talking About. All right, the coronation. It's the ultimate embodiment of what the British do well. Pomp and ceremony. Gosh, I love the word pomp. Yeah, I think that's actually a piece of music, pomp and ceremony. Um, But honestly, there is just so much detail here. It is ridiculous. So to break it all down for us, we have deployed the man himself, producer Jono, to give us a bit of Coronation 101. And he is here and he is ready. Uh, this is the job I was born for. This and the uh, pies chat we did ages ago. Pies and royalty are my areas of expertise. Give uh, me your mastermind now. Yeah. Saying deploying sounds like we're dropping him from a helicopter. Remember the the, the London Olympics and the opening ceremony and <gasps> oh, the, the queen? queen? Yeah, the queen parachuted out of it. So look at that, another royal link there. Honestly, there's just so many references. And if somebody wants to strap me to Daniel Craig and throw me out of a helicopter, I'm here for it. We'll get a request in. Our queen, producer Jono. <laughs> All right, so you are a Coronation 101 expert, Jono. When is the coronation? Well, very simply, Imogen, the coronation is tonight. We're expecting Charles to arrive at Westminster Abbey shortly before 10pm our time. That's if everything goes to plan. Gosh, well... Oh, come on, Emo. Have an extra G&T and a bag of chippies and stuff a bit late. But there'll be a procession from Buckingham Palace in the Diamond Jubilee State Coach. Apparently, it's a little bit uncomfortable, which I feel like if you're travelling in a golden coach, you don't really have room to complain about that. Mm-hmm. But the procession will go through the streets of London to get him there. So if you want to watch that, tune in a little bit before 10 o'clock so you can catch all that action of the crowds and that kind of thing. We don't know how long the actual service is going to take. Charles's coronation is expected to be shorter than his mother's was seven decades ago. It's been trimmed back to be a bit more modern and a bit less lavish. Back then, the ceremony, which was the first live royal event to be televised, ran for more than three hours. But this time... Boring! I think you mean ceremonial, Imogen, not (laughs) boring. More than three hours! But this time, experts are suggesting it's likely to be around two. Coronations have stayed pretty much the same for like a thousand years, not even exaggerating, literally a thousand years. And organisers are kind of leaning on the same structure. So there is a lot to get through. So the fact that there's a coronation, does that mean that up until the coronation happens, Charles is not actually the king? No. Charles has been king since the very moment his mother died. So he hasn't been the king-elect, like the president no, in, in no. the US, until the inauguration no. thing. It's, what would it be if you were king-elect? I don't know. The king incumbent? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so no, he's been king since the very moment his mother died. This is more of a symbolic moment. It's kind of a coming together of the monarchy, the church, and the state for a religious ritual during which the monarch makes vows to both God and country. Mm. Buckingham Palace has said it will reflect the monarch's role today and look towards the future 
while being rooted in long-standing traditions and pageantry. So in short, he's already king. This is just kind of making him a bit more kingly in the eyes of the church. Across this potentially omnibus uh, coronation, what are we going to see? What's going to happen? Okay, this is where we get into the specifics. The Archbishop of Canterbury will conduct the ceremony. The core elements of the service are the recognition, the oath, anointing, investiture, crowning and homage. The recognition is when the sovereign stands in front of the theatre in the abbey and presents himself to the people. After taking the oath, which is a vow to rule according to law, exercise justice with mercy and maintain the Church of England, the monarch is anointed with holy oil by the bishop. The moment is considered the most sacred part of the service, and it actually wasn't televised in 1953 for the Queen. Ahead of Charles's big day, Archbishop Justin Welby has explained, we won't see the King either, writing the official souvenir programme that the moment is a symbol of being commissioned by the people for a special task for which God's help is needed. The next part is the investiture, when the Sovereign is dressed in the sacred coronation robes, which are super fancy, as mm-hmm. we've been seeing in all the pictures of them being sewn, and he's presented with the symbols of the monarchy, the orb, the coronation ring, scepters and others. We are talking gold, we are talking diamonds, we are talking jewels. It's honestly off the hook. Towards the end of the ceremony, St Edward's crown is placed atop the monarch's head before princes and peers make their way to the sovereign to pay their respects in what is known as homage. Uh, Some historians think elements may be tweaked to reflect contemporary society, but the majority will still be pretty much the same. After that, Queen Camilla will be anointed, crowned and enthroned in a simpler ceremony. She will not have to take an oath, though, like King Charles does. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. Jonah, the big question, who's going to be there? It's hard to know exactly who's going because the palace doesn't release a guest list. Instead, it allows people who've been invited to announce their attendance. Honestly, it's like such a pick-me moment. Mm. But a quick list of the people we do know are going. The royal family, including Prince Andrew. Awkward. (laughs) Fergie, however, will not be going. But that makes me sad because you know she would be a good time and wear something absolutely bonkers. Mm. Uh, Politicians. Various world leaders will be there. British PM Rishi Sunak, of course. Former British PMs Boris Johnson and Liz Truss. The lettuce has not confirmed its attendance but could still show up. (laughs) Um, Emmanuel Macron will be there. But US... President Joe Biden won't be. His wife, Dr. Jill Biden, will lead the US delegation mm-hmm. instead. Charles said he wanted his coronation to be more inclusive, so there'll be volunteers and charity workers present. People who really work on the front lines with communities who will no doubt be thinking quietly to themselves that the estimated 50 to 100 million pounds of taxpayers' money could probably be put to better use. That's <laughs> how much the whole ceremony costs. Honestly, that's how much it costs. Think of how much, think of all the good things that could be spent on. But anyway, there is plenty of speculation as well over celebrity appearances. We'll just have to wait and see, though. Uh, Dame Joanna Lumley is likely to be there. And we know that King Charles has got quite a close relationship with the Spice Girls. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Beckhams maybe rock up. Mm. Who's not going? Megan. <coughs> and Joe Biden, like I just said. Mm. <laughs> maybe they've got a coffee date. <laughs> I would pay so much money to be a fly on the wall for a coffee date between Joe Biden and Meghan Markle. It'd be great if Meghan just turned up, wouldn't it? I mean, an absolute mic drop moment. Yeah. Way to steal the show. Alpha. Uh, why does all this matter, Jono? This is 50 to 100 million pounds on this. I mean, you can argue that, in fact, it doesn't. Um it matters because the Church of England is a huge institution and Prince Charles is, uh, and King Charles, oh, I've got to get used to saying that, it's still mm. weird. King Charles is the head of the Church of England. So this is basically that investiture ceremony. 
But to so many people, it doesn't matter at all. A new BBC YouGov poll in the UK found really high levels of apathy about the whole thing, with more than half of those surveyed saying they simply don't care. That rocketed up to 75% of those between 18 and 24, and people aged between 25 and 49, 69% of them don't care. So pretty much the monarchy's got an issue with connecting with young people. However, in that very same poll, 58% of Brits would rather keep the monarchy over an elected head of state, like a president, which doesn't really offer a vote of confidence in politicians either. What's the deal with the quiche? Ah, so when, <laughs> when the Queen was crowned, there, they created a special dish to like mark the occasion, and that was coronation chicken, which if you've Banger. never had it, is absolutely delicious. Honestly, get me a Sainsbury sandwich, coronation chicken any day. The dish that Charles has chosen is a coronation quiche, which is weird because quiche is French, <laughs> but this is a quiche with spinach, broad beans, and fresh tarragon. Uh, I note that the official recipe is on the BBC Good Food website. Literally the page I'm looking at yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and that quiche looks um, middling. Here's the thing with quiche. I want to like it more than I, I think I do. It sounds like a good idea, and when you see it in a cabinet, like a mm. like a nice bacon and egg quiche or a salmon quiche, and you're like, great, good, we'll get it. It always ends up being a bit watery. Lots of margin for error in a quiche. Yeah. See, the problem for me with the coronation quiche is the broad beans. That's a that's a polarizing flavour. Do we know if the corgis will be making an appearance? We do not know if the corgis will be making an appearance. We do know that Prince Andrew was looking after them. If I watch. That's what I'm looking out for. Are you not? Are you thinking of not watching? Imogen I've, got, well. I've got plenty of other things I could be doing on a Saturday night. Well, it is 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, isn't like it? Like sleeping yeah. would be number it one. It might be down the Welsh Dragon King lit. <laughs> like, are, you, are you excited about it, Producer Jono? Excited is maybe a strong word. My husband David is thrilled and he has demanded that we leave my friend Jeremy's birthday party tonight. Wow, wild, really. Early so that we can go home and watch the coronation. Shame, Jeremy. Yeah, I haven't actually broken this to Jeremy yet, so this pod might be how he finds out that we're leaving early to Uh go home and watch the coronation. I will probably watch part of it until I fall asleep on the couch, like some kind of hibernating bear. It's moment in history stuff, right? Yeah. I say I won't watch it, but when Harry and Meghan got married, I was working that night on uh, the live coverage for One News, and I was like, oh, just be showrunner, that's fine, that's fine. And then when the ceremony, when everything started, I was glued to the television, and I got very excited. So... I say that I, you know, I'm, I'm poo-pooing it now, but where will you catch me at ten o'clock on Saturday night? Probably on my couch. It's the sort of thing if you get swept up in the emotion mm-hmm. and, and the excitement. Royal correspondent, producer Jono, thank you so much for your time. Loving my promotion, thank you. We'll undeploy you back to the helicopter. But that's Newsball for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Emil Donovan. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating and a review. It helps other listeners to discover the show and we would really appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media to stay up to date on new episodes, behind-the-scenes content and all things Newsable. You can find us on Insta and TikTok. Just search Newsable NZ. For now, we'll catch you on Monday morning. 
Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs>